Aloha and welcome to Where Do We Go, a podcast where we, as high schoolers, sit down with female professionals in different fields to simply talk story and share with us their experiences, advice, and overall helping us foster female leaders for the future. I'm your host, Kylie Hamamoto, and I'm so glad that you decided to join us today. To learn more about our podcast and previous episodes and speakers, visit our website at www.wegohawaii.org slash listen. Our podcast is brought to you by WeGo, a nonprofit organization founded by Kylie Hamamoto with the mission to foster strong and independent female leaders. To learn more about WeGo and ways to support, visit www.wegohawaii.org for more details. Today's episode is a special installment of a College Spotlight series of Where Do We Go? Due to many requests by you all who are currently in the college application process, we at WeGo want to help you alleviate stress, get advice, and make the process more manageable by hearing from girls accepted into their dream colleges and how you can too. Hello everyone, my name is Kylie Hamamoto, the founder of WeGo, and today I am joined by Samantha Nakagawa, a student at the U.S. Naval Academy. Uh, today we're starting a brand new series where we will interview college students to help girls navigate through the college admissions process and share some advice with us. So I'll just hand over it now to Samantha who will introduce herself and share a little bit more about herself. So yeah, go ahead. Thank you, Kylie. Uh, aloha. Yes, my name is Samantha Nakagawa. Um, I'm a rising junior or second class at the United States Naval Academy. Um, I'm currently a chemistry major. Uh, I'm in the Glee Club over there. That's a little bit about me, though. Okay, great. Um, so I guess maybe if we want to start and just introduce the whole concept of military academies, um, especially the Naval Academy for those who don't know anything about them. So, you know, like the benefits and things like that. Mm -hmm. Okay. Uh, so there's a total of five military service academies. There's Army, Air Force, Coast Guard, Navy and Merchant Marine. And the mission of the service academies is basically to commission competent officers in their respective service. Uh, so whether you're commissioning as an ensign in the Navy, a second lieutenant in the Army, the academies are designed to challenge you uh, morally, mentally, and physically. And they wanna graduate leaders who are ready to meet the demands of the military. Um, the benefits of going to the academies, I think the most well-known one is that the tuition and expenses are covered 100% uh, by the Navy, at least at the Naval Academy. So you'll get all your uniforms, your tailor shop, textbook, food, living, your computer for free. Um, and then on top of that, you get a monthly stipend based on rank. So fourth class receive $125 a month, third class $225, second class $325 and first class $500 a month. Uh, and I know for me and for probably a lot of my classmates, that is a huge plus. And that is something that I think is, uh, I guess, common throughout the academies is that the tuition is covered by their respective branch. Um, once you graduate from the academy, you'll have a five-year commitment when you're a second class, you sign a document called two for seven, where you basically commit the next seven years to the Navy or Marine Corps. So the Navy or the Naval Academy gave you two years, no commitment. Um, so once you sign that document called two for seven, uh, you are basically committing the next seven years, two years of school, 
and five years of service minimum in the Navy or Marine Corps. And depending on what service you select or if you want to pursue a higher education, your time can vary. Uh, but that's a little bit about the Naval Academy and the, I guess, service academies in general. And then is it true that graduate school will also be paid for like after you graduate the service academies? If you're still in the Navy, then yes. You can use, I believe it's a little bit over five years, you can use the GI Bill. Um, but yeah, the military can cover that if you're still in the military. Okay, great. Um, I guess next then, if you could walk us through just a day, a normal day in the life of a Naval Academy student from waking up to going to sleep. Okay. Um, so if you're a plebe, which is a freshman, then you wake up at 5.30 for <laughs> a workout with your training staff. And the training staff is upperclassmen. Um, it's not as scary as it sounds. Uh, 6.30 is when everyone else gets up. And then seven is where you have your morning meal formation and you're just basically forming up and you get accountability. Uh, 7.10 to 7.15 is where you eat uh, mandatory breakfast in King Hall. And then 7.55 is where you start classes. And then I believe it's from 7.55 to 11.45 is your four class periods. They're 50 minutes each. Uh, 12.05 is new meal formation. Uh, 12.10, you have mandatory lunch. And then after that, I, like 12.30 to 1.20, you have a little bit of downtime. Sometimes you'll have company training such as Sapper Breeze, which is sexual awareness and prevention. Um, you could have officers coming and talking to you about their time in the fleet. Um, and then after that, from 1.30 to 3.30, you'll have your fifth and sixth class periods. Uh, and then 3.45 to 6 is sports period, which isn't mandatory to do physical training, but it's highly recommended. <laughs> and then 6 to 7-ish is evening meal, uh, which isn't mandatory. Uh, 8 to 11 or 10-ish is your study period. And then at 11, you sign TAPS, which is just an accountability sheet. But that is an average day for a midshipman. It's pretty jam-packed with stuff. <laughs> yeah, it seems like it. Um, I guess then if you could walk us through sort of the, like the admission process of getting into the military academies and things that um, high school students should be doing now or should know in order to get into these colleges. Okay. Um, so the military academy's admissions process is definitely a little bit uh, more complex than a normal civilian college. So at least for the Naval Academy, you complete a preliminary application, uh, which is found on the USNA website. And you basically put in like SAT scores and I think social security, like basic information like that. And from there you're considered a midshipman candidate and then after that, you'll have to apply for a nomination from your U.S. Senator or representative. Uh, and once you get that nomination, there should be um, a tab on the USNA website where you can start filling out the actual application, I guess the more official one, and you'll be submitting your SAT and ACT scores. I'm not sure how COVID has affected that. Uh, transcripts letters of recommendation, things like that. 
Um, after you submit those things, you'll have to complete a candidate fitness assessment, which can be administered by, I mean, a PE teacher, a coach, um, the blue and gold officer, JROTC instructor, things like that. Uh, after you complete the CFA, uh, you'll have to complete a Department of Defense medical exam. And then after all of that, you'll have to do an interview with your blue and gold officer. So yeah, definitely a little bit more than just applying to a normal college. Yeah, so then do you recommend students to do things like JROTC or um, something similar during high school? I personally was not in JROTC, but I think, yes. I mean, it's a good environment for high schoolers to foster their character and leadership development. Um, but I wouldn't say that it's mandatory. I know that the academies are looking for well-rounded students. So JROTC is a good extracurricular. Uh, sports, music, community service, things like that are also good things that high schoolers should get involved in. Yeah, and so then I wanted to go a little bit back to the nomination that you get from, you know, the congressman or whatever. Could you go more into, like, how exactly students would would do that? Yeah. Um, so your representative or your senator, they all have websites and on their website, you should, there should be a tab where it says like candidate interview or something like that. And I think I used email to contact some of their websites were a little bit not as developed as others. Mm -hmm. I got mine through Ed Case and I think his website was pretty organized and he got back to me quickly with the interview. But I mean, the interview is pretty straightforward. I don't, it was all kind of a blur, but I remember he asked me why there weren't more Kamehameha students <laughs> applying for the academies. And then he jo also jokingly asked us why no one was applying for Merchant Marine. Um, but I mean, the inter there were kids there who were really nervous and saying like, yeah. oh, I should have done more practice interviews with my counselor. And I kind of just rolled in there being like, oh, <laughs> okay. But I mean, the most important thing is to be yourself and I mean, take the time to answer the questions. It's nothing too scary. There's like a board of other people there with the representative. I can't really speak on behalf of the senators because once I found out I got my nomination from Ed Case, I was like, okay, I'm good to go. I'm moving on. <laughs> yeah. But I mean, yeah, it's not, it's nothing to be scared of. Mm. Okay, yeah. So then, um, how do you think students um, can figure out if they're a good fit for military academies or if, you know, which specific military academy is the best for them? Which branch is the best for them? Uh, so I guess, like I said earlier, the academies are looking for well-rounded people who want to be future leaders and in particular middle military leaders. Um, I guess the reason I picked Navy was because I didn't want to be stationed in the middle of Kansas. I didn't want to be landlocked. So I guess it's important for high schoolers now to do their research, do their homework on what they want to service select after graduation and pick a military academy based on that. Because I mean, the academic rigors, the physical stuff, I think it's, it's pretty much the same with whatever academy you pick, but it's, it's the jobs that you're going to do after that differ. Right. How did you figure out that the Naval Academy was the best for you compared to like non-military, like civilian colleges? 
Oh, it's a long story. <laughs> uh, so when I was a junior in high school, the USNA Women's Glee Club visited the Kamehameha Girls Glee Club. I was in Glee Club at the time at Kamehameha. And um, they sang for us and we sang for them. And that was kind of a pivotal moment for me um, because I had heard of the Naval Academy before and I thought about applying, but I was really intimidated by mm. how male dominated and how strict yeah. it is. Uh, but then when I saw them and I heard their their music, it gave me so much confidence to apply. And I really, I saw myself in them. And there was also a girl from Hawaii, and I'm pretty sure she was a Punahou alumni who was there too singing. So I was like, wow, I, I can do that too. So that kind of got the ball rolling. And then my mom was talking to some friends at work and they got excited and were starting to like shoot us all these people who had connections to the Navy or the Naval Academy. And I was talking to all these people and I just felt like I had so much support and just people who had my back. Um, and I even got to meet the first woman from Hawaii to graduate from the Naval Academy, who was also a Punahou alumni. <laughs> <laughs> uh, her name is Rear Admiral Alma Groki. She's retired now, but she's such an excellent resource and just the overall definition of like mano ahine. And I was just like, wow, I, I felt almost obligated, like I had to go. Um, but I definitely did feel the pressures of, I guess, like private school and people being like, oh, you need to go Ivy League or, oh, like, what is the military academies? Are you enlisting? Like all these, like, I guess, questions that kind of felt like I was being put down. And mm -hmm. I know like towards the end of January, I think I found out that I got accepted into the Naval Academy, but I was like, uh, mom, I think I want to go to Duke instead. <laughs> and she was like, what? But she was okay. I'll, I'll support you. Um, but I did give it a lot of thought and, you know, thinking about taking on all that debt was just <laughs> no, thank you. <laughs> uh, so that was kind of how I picked Navy over the other service academies and um, over civilian academies. Cause I only applied to Navy and Air Force, but I mean, no hate on Air Force, but it just <laughs> didn't, it didn't feel the same as Navy. It, like mm -hmm. I didn't have people checking in on me or excited for me, like how Navy was. <laughs> yeah. So then um, would you actually say that like women are like really sort of underrepresented in the military then like how you, mentioned earlier oh for sure <laughs> 100 percent um but it, it's getting better uh the naval academy it's around 33 percent female uh but i know on the enlisted side it's it's definitely a lot lower mm -hmm. but i know that like being part of the women's glee club has given me that community of strong women to fall back on and it, it definitely keeps me sane when i'm surrounded by a lot of guys all the time <laughs> Yeah, so then what would your advice be then for girls who are like thinking about it but are sort of like um scared seeing how like male dominated um the military can be don't be scared go for <laughs> it <laughs> and i mean we need more women we need more girls from hawaii <laughs> i mean we bring that aloha spirit too that's like it's so unique to hawaii i mean whether you're a boy or a girl but i mean mm -hmm. It's so rewarding sometimes to be the underdog in the situation that I'm currently in, to be 
I guess, representing home. Uh, but yeah, to all girls who are thinking about it, I think you should have the confidence in yourself and just go for it. Okay, that's great. Um, so then, I guess then what sort of specific attributes do you think make for like a really successful like Naval Academy student? Okay. Uh, they really like well-rounded people, like I said. Uh, so first you need to be really strong in academics and driven to excel in academics. So, I mean, you could be the smartest kid with the highest SAT score, but if you can't do a push-up or run, that's it. <laughs> uh, and like I said, physically fit. You have to be open to challenging and maintaining your fitness. Um, it seems kind of daunting, but you're going to have your company mates with you and they're, you're going to have their support. You're going to feel like you're a part of a team. So you need to be open to sometimes doing scarier things like the O course, which is this like <laughs> basically a military jungle gym. It's kind of scary, but you have to get over that fear. You have to realize that you're going to have your teammates supporting you and you just got to go. Uh, and then I guess third, I would say, would be to have good people skills. You're entering the military, which is a business of people. And that is also kind of scary because I'm definitely an introvert. But you're going to have mentors and your classmates to help you guide you through that developmental process. Okay, great. Um, then I guess we can sort of then go into some of the myths that surround the military, <laughs> I guess. And then, um, you know, is... The five-year obligation is that dangerous um you know will there be like really scary leaders you know shouting <laughs> in my face um and then of course like as you mentioned earlier will there be a lot of really rigorous physical aspects of like running like 10 miles and like <laughs> doing like a 200 push-ups and things like that uh i guess it depends on what branch you do like as a junior officer you're going to be doing a lot of paperwork and there's always going to be a physical standard that you're going to have to meet and maintain but the more physically demanding branches that you're kind of describing are like the SEALs, EOD, Marine Corps. But again, like it depends on what you do. And then as it goes for scary leaders, I mean, you're going to encounter all different types of officers and senior enlisted leaders um, in the fleet, but you're just going to have to roll with the punches. And like I've had really good officers and senior enlisted leaders, but I've also have encountered really bad ones. <laughs> so you just have to take the experiences, see what you like in their leadership style and kind of go forward with that. Mm -hmm. What about for the five-year obligation? Because I know mm -hmm. a lot of people sort of get a little deterred from the military academy because of that like five-year obligation to go out and serve in the military afterwards. Mm -hmm. I was definitely deterred too because mm -hmm. of the five-year obligation <laughs> because my, my goal at the end of the day is to go into medical and I saw that five-year obligation kind of as like a block in the path yeah. to where I want to be. But I gave it a lot of thought and I, I recently did a training. I'm going backwards. I did a training last summer called ProTramed where we got to experience four of the naval branches. So we had Navy Air, uh, submarines, Marine Corps, and surface warfare. And after kind of getting a little taste of what the fleet can be, I was like, okay, I think the five-year obligation isn't as bad mm -hmm. as it sounds. I think doing something five years post-graduation can give me like the time to 
experience the fleet, do something different that's not medical, kind of get a break from that, and do something that's so unique that no other civilian college can really offer post-graduation. Um, yeah, so I I definitely am a little bit biased now because I've, <laughs> I've been at the academy, but the five-year obligation to me now doesn't seem as scary. Yeah. You're, the five years are going to go by really fast. High school was four years. That went by in the blink of an eye. I think five years seems long, but I don't think it, it will feel as long as it sounds. Okay, yeah, that's that's like really reassuring to hear. <laughs> um, but I guess to sort of end it off, we can end it off on a more um, fun note if you want to tell a story about, you know, some of the best experiences that you've had at the Naval Academy, like a specific story or experience. Uh, going on tour with Glee Club. <laughs> that's always super fun we get treated like rock stars <laughs> i know covid kind of messed things up my my plea beer but i know like this past year i got to go to dallas uh we went to nashville hilton head charlotte and norfolk but getting to travel with glee club was definitely the best experience that i've had so far and i know next semester we're going i think minneapolis I'm not sure. And then I think we're going to LA too. That's so cool. <laughs> yeah. Um, okay. Well then I know that um, a lot of the military academies have very like long, like deep rooted traditions and a mm -hmm. culture. So then do you have any like fun Navy traditions that, you know, you guys like to do there? Uh, I can't really speak on big Navy traditions, but for USNA traditions, we have Air Force and Army Week which is the week leading up to either the Air Force game or Army-Navy, the football mm -hmm. game. And it's just a bunch of like random pranks. <laughs> um, <laughs> they used to do this thing called aircraft carriers where they would like put water and soap in the hallway and you would like just throw your mattress and slide <laughs> down. I think they kind of stopped doing that because they realized how damaging it can be. <laughs> but I mean, other pranks, yeah it, it gets kind of destructive they've thrown like weightlifting things into the pool and there's signs everywhere with slightly inappropriate puns about <laughs> army moms <laughs> um and then what else is there there's herndon which when you're a plebe that's like kind of the the last thing you do before you i guess rank up where herndon is like this monument on campus and they they just put lard and fat all over it. And it's like your entire class. And you basically have to like climb the monument as a class to switch the Dixie cup, which is like your little plebe Popeye the sailor looking hat. Mm -hmm. And you put on the midshipman cover and that kind of is like the symbolic, like, oh, we're not plebes anymore. So that one is really cool. Uh, there's sea trials, which you also do as a plebe. And that's like a 14-hour training evolution where you're like running, you're lifting ammo cans, you're pushing tires, you're doing the e-course. It's it's chaotic, but once you finish it, it's like, oh, I did it. <laughs> uh, what else? Oh, and then second class year, your junior year, you have ring dance, which is kind of like military college prom, <laughs> where you're basically you're just celebrating that you got your class ring. Mm -hmm. uh but that's just i guess a tidbit of some of the naval academy traditions oh that sounds so fun i'm sure i hope a lot of girls will want to go to the naval academy after hearing that yeah but yeah i think that's 
pretty much it for the questions that um, were sent in and some of the questions that I had about the military academies. But yeah, thank you so much for taking the time to meet with us and answer some of our questions today. Yeah, no problem. Mahalo for tuning in to today's episode. We hope you were able to gain valuable insight from our wonderful speaker today. We hope you have a great rest of your day and tune in next time. This is Kylie signing off. We'll see you in the next one.